everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. Hello, friends. Welcome back. It's Brandon with another Turbo. Um, today, we're going to talk about bowel regimens. This is one of those unglamorous aspects uh, of medicine that is nevertheless pervasive. Just about every patient we have in the hospital and and certainly in the ICU, I think we have to at least give some attention to this topic, if for no other reason than from a preventive perspective. You know, most problems we deal with are better prevented than treated, and everyone we see in the ICU is at some risk of constipation. They are immobile, uh, they are receiving sedative and opioid drugs, Uh, many of them are not eating, Uh, they are inflamed, and so on and so forth. So their bowels tend to get sleepy. And while this is not generally their biggest problem or, you know, the reason they're in the ICU, it's one more thing you don't need to have to deal with. Every so often, you'll have someone who's, like, otherwise well and, like, their constipation is now their biggest problem. Just to don't let it get to that point. And certainly from a symptomatic standpoint, this can be pretty uncomfortable for patients. So, what is my approach? This has evolved to some extent over the years. Um, let me just tell you what I'm doing now, because it, it, there are a lot of approaches to this, and frankly, a lot of them are just personal and probably not particularly well-founded or better-founded than anything else. But I'll tell you what I'm doing these days. Once upon a time, I would say most patients in the ICU I'll put on docusate and Senna. These are kind of common first, first, second line agents, at least here in the States. Uh, you can even get the two as a combo pill sometimes. And they just seem like nice kind of minimal side effect drugs that uh, just about anyone could be on, at least prophylactically. If they started to have loose stools, you would hold them. But I try not to get in the cycle of like, they start to poop, so you hold everything, then they're constipated, then you start it again. You know, it's nice to keep people on some kind of a baseline. And you give those, Whatever at least daily, maybe a couple times, even three times a day, that's fine. I've moved away from all this, though. Um, Why? Well, there is some data that DocuSate doesn't really do anything. It's no better than placebo. I think this was in one of the um, Things We Do For No Reason campaigns. Um, and, And, you know, the data is what it is, but whenever someone gives you a study about one of these drugs saying it's no better than placebo, if you could then say... Yeah, I buy that. Then even if it's not true, if there is some effect, it's clearly not a very strong effect. (laughs) This is like the thing with Midogen. You know, there was literature a couple years ago that it didn't seem to hasten weaning from IV pressors. And, you know, you could argue about this. But certainly if it has an effect, it's not a potent one, right? So along these same lines. Um, but the other reason I moved away from it was, I, I honestly think this is something I picked up from Twitter, and I, I wish I could remember who it was. It was a, some GI guy, I think. Um, but they delivered this line. There is no such thing as a failure of polyethylene glycol. You just need to give more of it. So PEG, or um, often brand name here, uh, Miralax or similar, um, very common laxative, just an you know osmotic laxative. It just draws water into the bowel. And this is possibly the only drug you need 
for the vast majority of these cases. And the reason is exactly that. You kind of can't give too much of it. Um, and so if it's not working, maybe you just give more. Remember, this is the same drug we use for bowel preps. We package it here as go lightly, but you know, you give it for a colonoscopy. And uh, in that case, it's like, I don't know, 10, 20 times what you give in a single dose uh, packet. So you could give a whole lot of it, and it's not like it's some kind of an overdose. It's only an overdose if you're getting too much effect. Um, so I think a very reasonable approach is to just use nothing but polyethylene glycol and use a little prophylactically, use more if you're worried, and use a whole bunch if somebody is not pooping. Um, I've given this as much as every hour or two until someone goes. And at that point, it could be very reasonable to actually just give them the the bowel prep version, like the go lightly. I, I think that just kind of weirds people out because they're like, is this patient getting a colonoscopy? It's one of those optics things. So sometimes it seems uh, a little more normal to just give the normal doses extremely frequently and, you know, stop when they start going. Ultimately, it's the same idea. But I think that's a reasonable way to go. It's uh, you know, dissolvable liquid, so you can put it down tubes and anyone can get it. Um, the only people who probably can't get it are ones where you can't use their upper gut for whatever reason, no access, or there's some kind of anatomic reason. In those cases, I think it is reasonable to go the other way. So either a suppository or an enema. And I don't have a strong opinion on drug choices for these, um, probably because I don't make a whole lot of use of them. I think you should consider these in someone who has like a great deal of impaction. So there is a, a, lo a lot of stool in the lower colon, uh, like in the rectum, maybe in the sigmoid, and they're just, they're just impacted. It's very dried out. It's kind of crammed in there. Maybe you see it on a scan or something. Um, will you be able to mobilize this from above? Maybe, but you could make a case that it, if it gets to the point where it's like so impacted and desiccated, um, it may be difficult or may even be, you know, painful. So at least to sort of hydrate it and loosen it up from below makes a lot of sense. I would still generally, you know, give a bowel regimen from above if possible. Maybe some of these cases benefit from disimpaction. So manual disimpaction, you go in with a finger and just clear stuff out. Uh, I don't know. I I have disimpacted, I think, just one patient in my entire career. Um, and let's be honest, it's not the most fun. So that is probably one bias, making a lot of people try to avoid it. But I, I honestly don't think there are a whole lot of patients passing through my hands who would benefit from it who I'm not offering it to. This is in the ICU. Maybe it's different elsewhere in the ER, who knows where. Um, but the vast majority of patients you could treat by these other means, you know, a kind of routine oral bowel regimen, maybe something like an enema. Um, if you're going to disimpact, I would generally still give them something like an enema ahead of time to kind of loosen things up. Um, maybe if they're just like, it's such a, a mechanical, compressive thing, there's nothing, nothing to do but loosen it up manually, sure. Um, but it's a very uncomfortable process for patients as well. Um, so I don't think it's like, it's like easy money, just throw it at people. You should probably only do it if you need to, and I, I'm just not sure you often do. What else do you have? Um, there are some fancier, probably more expensive drugs. Um, here we have uh, uh, naloxagol, uh, brand name Movantic, 
which is a, an uh, opioid antagonist. So specifically for patients with opioid-induced uh, you know, lack of motility. It, it works, I think, and certainly many of our patients in the ICU, opioids are at least part of their picture. Uh, again, I just don't know how much you need it. You know, if you give somebody this, which is a, a pricey drug, compared to just like a whole lot of PEG, or is it going to work any better? Or, you know, make them happier, be an easier drug? I don't, I just don't know if there's a benefit there. So it's out there. Uh, the other drug we often see is lactulose. Um, now, lactose does have some specific indications, mainly for hepatic encephalopathy. Um, seems to work well for that in particular, although to some extent, any cathartic will probably help clear ammonia, but that would be the classic choice. Uh, but you can use it for any constipation. It will make anyone poop. Uh, but again, compared to just using PEG, I don't know that there is a benefit, and there is at least some downside. I mean, the main one of the main downsides is it's just kind of less uh, fun. It's just kind of a icky, milky fluid. Um, I think the nurses don't love it. It seems to make your stool kind of a little grosser. Um, so I, I just don't know that there's any reason to do that instead of PEG, which is also a easy, cheap, you know, low side effect liquid. Finally, let us not forget uh, the supportive non-drug things we can be doing and probably should be doing. Most of the constipation we're seeing is for other reasons, and if you can reverse those, that's the best answer. Um, so get off those opioids or other sedatives. If you can mobilize patients, get them physically moving, I think that can do a lot for them. Of course, many other benefits as well. Um, just kind of getting them back to normal, getting them eating, taking a diet or two feeds or whatever helps stimulate the gut. And you know, even doing that, Prophylactically, you know, PO intake helps prevent some of this as much as or more so than reverse it. Just try to keep patients in a normal place and you don't have their gut doing weird things. The last point to touch on is patients with ileus. Now, ileus is not the same as constipation, right? Uh, although in both cases, the patient's not having bowel movements. Ileus is a, an actual paralysis of the gut, um, also usually secondary to other illness. Um, but I think the key thing here is that ileus is it's not really treatable by these stool softeners, cathartics. You can't make the gut move. Now, sometimes people will throw any and all these drugs at ileus. Sometimes they'll give them promotility agents, um, erythromycin, metoclopramide. Th those are drugs that make the stomach move. Those are gastric promotility agents. I don't think, nor do I think there's any uh, data or pharmacologic evidence to think that it does anything for the rest of the bowel, which is where you're seeing ileus. Um, the one drug that specifically works in some cases is for Ogilvy's syndrome, which is, you know, sort of in the realm of ileus, but is a very specific case, and then you should try uh, neostigmine. But otherwise, for ileus, it really is just a, it's like delirium. It's a prodrome, a complication of other illness. How do you treat it? You treat the other illness. Now, should you not give them these other cathartic drugs? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, if they have, you know, hard stool, not enough liquid in their bowel lumen, it's not going to help. It's kind of like, should you diurese a patient with ARDS? Well, the more intravascular volume they have, it could make it worse. It's not the cause or driver of their disease, but to whatever extent you can take that off the table or optimize their situation, sure. 
So likewise here, yeah, make sure you've kind of given them a reasonable bowel regimen, give their bowel the best chance to move. But don't think that a patient with ileus is just uh, deficient of sufficient numbers of laxatives. Treat what's wrong with them and their bowel will wake up. That's what I think. Let me know what you guys think. I could easily be convinced that there are other approaches. Some people have very uh, nuanced, kind of pharmacologically-based approaches to constipation, you know, targeting um, different pathways and trying to kind of customize what they're doing to what's wrong with the patient. Hey, it makes a lot of sense. I, I just, at the end of the day, I don't know that it matters versus a kind of practical approach like this. But you guys tell me. And again, very easily... Um, other approaches probably make better sense in other settings. I'm talking about the ICU patient with kind of routine constipation. But share your thoughts. I'd be interested to hear, and I'll talk to you next time.